Welcome to Blog Talk Radio in high fidelity. It's time for the High Altitude Mentorship Show with J.T. DeVolt. J.T. is an international success coach, inspirational speaker, and award-winning author of Flight Plan to Success. J.T. worked his way up through the ranks from enlisted aircraft mechanic to combat-decorated naval aviator. And he's here to give you the success strategies for better focus, clarity, and mental toughness to accomplish your missions in business and life. And now, here's your host, J.T. Hello, my friends. JT DeBolts with you today for the High Altitude Mentorship Show. Great to be with you on a Wednesday morning. I say good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, whatever time it is for you, no matter where you might be tuning in from on the Big Blue Marble. Thank you for joining me here each and every single week to talk about leadership, entrepreneurship, and living the high-performance, high-altitude life. And as always, the High Altitude Mentorship Show is brought to you by FlyWithJT.com. That is flywithjt.com, where you can download a complimentary copy of my award-winning book, Flight Plan to Success for a Limited Time, as well as stay connected to everything going on in the high-altitude community, and that goes forever. Very stoked to have all our new members, new friends coming in to join the community, hanging out with us. Lots of cool stuff coming down the road, so make sure you get plugged in over there at flywithjt.com. I want to share a bit of a journey with you. Uh, something that I've been taking on over the last 30 days, something that uh, was was very, very eye-opening, something that I had done for various reasons, and I'll explain what those are in just a moment. Let me tell you what it was before I get into the why. I decided to go 30 days without a single drop of alcohol, 30 days without a drink of beer, drink of wine, no hard liquor, I didn't even come close to having anything that would even have alcohol in it, let alone drinking it, like mouthwash, nothing. And I did this, uh, I started it the Monday after Super Bowl. So Super Bowl Sunday was whatever it was, February 5th, I guess. So the very next day, I went without alcohol. And this is probably one of the longest stints um, in probably the last, I don't know, seven, eight years that I've gone without any alcohol whatsoever. Now... I have to tell you that this was on my own. This wasn't part of some kind of public or group challenge. It was just something that I felt I wanted to do. I've been thinking about it for a while. I did remember reading about Tim Ferriss. If you guys are familiar with Tim Ferriss, he wrote the book The 4-Hour Workweek and The 4-Hour Chef and The 4-Hour Body and lots of other things. Uh, Tools of Titans just came out. Amazing book. And he had mentioned that he loves a good glass of wine and he finds himself, you know, sometimes getting into two or three of them at a time. And, uh, so he takes little breaks throughout a year. You know, he'll do this a couple times a year at least to give his body just kind of a reset. And I thought, man, that makes a lot of sense because I personally love a great craft beer. My favorite beers are IPAs, uh, you know, India pale ales. I do like a pale ale. I don't choose to drink, the typical run-of-the-mill type of beer. I like the craft beers uh, for a lot of reasons. First and foremost, it is craftsmanship. I enjoy the flavor and the bouquet that a great beer has. And I do appreciate the entrepreneurial part of these small craft beers, uh, you know, these, these microbreweries and things like this that are popping up all over, especially here in the United States, particularly in the West Coast or the Western United States. Um, it's just, anyway, I, I enjoy a really well-built beer. I do know that my tendency is to have more than one, and I have gone several stretches without stopping drinking beer, meaning, you know, each night I'll have a beer with dinner, sometimes I'll have a beer as I'm preparing dinner, things like this. 
So I thought to myself, you know, it would be a good challenge. There's a lot of reasons why this to me represented something that I wanted to kind of push myself, give myself an opportunity to just reset my health, if nothing else, but also to monitor what would happen if I put myself in a situation where I had to give something up that I truly loved, something that I found a great deal of joy in. I'm going to share with you kind of the journey, and I want you to think about this. I want you to not just think about what the actual challenge itself was, but also kind of think about how this might apply to your own business and your life. As leaders, we kind of need to be questioning ourselves, challenging ourselves, taking a step back and assessing how can we do it better. I believe that what I'm going to share with you is very much a high-performance principle, or at least a high-performance conversation. And so I open this up to you. I'd love to get your comments. I'd love to get your feedback on this and see how this applies to you. Now, I have to share with you a couple things that are very important. I was not doing this out of concern for uh, any kind of addiction or anything like this. So if you have a challenge with any kind of an addiction, any kind of uh, you know, something that you feel has gotten out of control in your life, perhaps rethink what I'm, what I'm teaching you in terms of you know, don't necessarily go this on your own. I did this on my own. Um, I didn't, you know, I still don't feel like it's an addiction for me. I feel like there are parts of my life where I find comfort in it. And that was interesting. We'll talk about that in a moment. But if you feel that you're challenged by something, if you feel that, uh, you know, this may be a bigger hurdle to climb, I encourage you to have the courage to have the leadership, the personal self-leadership to reach out and get help. Okay. For me, I didn't really need that. And I'll explain, you know, how the whole journey went. So I was successful, completed 30 full days. Uh, that was the goal. That's what I set out to. I actually thought when I, you know, today was, is day 31. So yesterday was day 30. I actually woke up today thinking, you know, I may or may not have a beer, but I think, you know, I probably will have one or two just to celebrate tonight. Um, but I did this on my own. Fact is I've never really been a big fan of public or group challenges personally, um, although I will say this, that changed a little bit after I followed a guy by the name of Jesse Itzler. If you're familiar with the book Living with a Seal, uh, it was written by a guy named Jesse Itzler. Jesse, Jesse is, a, uh, is a co-owner of the Atlanta Hawks NBA professional basketball team. Uh, he's also uh, one of the co-founders or the founder of NetJets, which is a private jet company. Uh, he's a owner or an investor in Zico um, coconut water. He's, he's, he's just an awesome guy, super high energy. His wife, Sarah Blakely is the uh, inventor of Spanx. For those of you that uh, are familiar with the, um, with the closing clothing line Spanx, uh, that's his wife. So what's interesting is, I should say her, her husband is Jesse. So she's kind of like, uh, the superstar. Jesse would say that Jesse's a great guy. He's hilarious, but he's got a group on Facebook called 2017 of everything. And each month, he challenges us to do, it's typically a physical fitness drill. He calls it fit, fan, fit, fit anthropy. So think of philanthropy, but it's fit anthropy. So what we do is we undertake these pretty excruciating challenges each month. And when you complete it, you report the completion of it, and he donates money in your name toward a cause. So, for instance, January was toward the uh, Special Forces and uh, Special Operators uh, Fund, which uh, gives money to the spouses, the widows, and, of course, the orphans of men and women that were killed. Well, I guess there's only really men in Special Forces that are in the Special Ops, so Navy SEALs, uh, Delta Force, Green Beret, and so on and so forth. I thought that was a really cool cause. I got behind that in January. And then in February, uh, it was the Triple Negative Breast Cancer Foundation. So each month it kind of changes up. Well, I got involved with that, and I started to see the power in being in a group challenge. 
But that is a separate thing than what I did with my no alcohol for 30 days challenge. I personally did that for myself, and I'll tell you why. I wanted to hit the reset button in my health. I knew that this year, if you guys follow me enough, if you've been through any of my programs like Best Year Blueprint, I train people on how to create their best year possible. And the one thing that I challenge people with is to come up with three top, thri- uh, t- three top priorities for their year so that they can make it their best year possible. One of my top priorities this year was to develop high-performance fitness in myself, elite-level fitness. And I knew that there were certain things that had to shift, certain things that had to change. So I, of course, took the traditional path where I just started ramping up my cardio, ramping up you know, my weights and my fitness uh, regimen. And I realized that as I was doing that, I was still limited. Didn't matter how hard I pushed, didn't matter how dedicated I was or committed to it, there was something that was limited. So I started taking a look at my sleep and realized, yeah, man, I could definitely get more sleep and that would benefit my performance. Well, I struggled a little bit with my sleep. I've been tracking it, uh, been very diligent with that, and I noticed that my sleep wasn't exactly where I wanted it to be. Also, I noticed that I wasn't exactly losing weight, but then again, I don't care about that. It's just not a big concern for me. Uh, I, you know, noticed, hey, you know, I've got a couple of <laughs> a couple of extra pounds of sludge around the midsection that would probably help me if I got rid of that. I would perform better. So I started working on that. Started looking at my nutrition. And my family and I eat pretty healthy. You know, I would say we probably eat more of a ketotonic or perhaps a, uh, you know, paleo-style diet. We don't eat a whole lot of processed food, or, well, I should say almost no processed foods, no fast foods, and uh, no soda, none of that kind of stuff, no, you know, soft drinks. But definitely, I looked at it, I was like, you know what, what if I cut out alcohol? Because alcohol does all kinds of crazy things, and since I drink beer, it's even more impactful than, say, you know, a shot of whiskey or something like this. So I took this challenge on. I will say this, that it has been an awesome journey. I am so stoked I did it. I feel amazing. I'm proud of what I accomplished. And I feel like the lessons that I learned by putting myself into this laboratory are things that I could take away and apply to other areas of my business, my career, my life, and something I can share with you, my, my listeners, as well as anybody that I have the privilege of working with. Back in 2012, I ran a full marathon, 26.2 miles, and I did that with the intention of really putting myself through not just the physical challenge of running a marathon and training for it, but also the mental toughness part, and I found a lot of similarities between that marathon and the marathon of going 30 days without something that I truly love. So I'd like to share with you a couple of takeaways that I got. Apply this, as you will, to any big mission that you're on right now, and I challenge you to take something on for yourself, and you can use this, I guess, you know, four or five-point formula to, to make it happen. The first thing is, is to go the hard route. It would have been very easy for me to say, you know what, for 30 days, I'm just not going to watch TV, for instance. Well, I don't really watch a lot of TV. I mean, I have a few things here and there, and football season's over, so it would have been easy for me to stay away from the television for 30 days. Now, there would have been some challenges to it because there are times where I like to just sit down and kind of edge out. But then again, I could have just done that with a book, right? I could have gotten myself absorbed in some sort of cool book, maybe a biography of somebody that I respect. So to me, doing something like giving up television wouldn't necessarily be a challenge. Uh, I could have probably gone down the path of giving up social media, although I do use social media to help build my brand and to help other people be successful in their business and life. So there was a part of that that could have possibly limited what my calling is here on earth. So I was like, okay, I got to kind of be careful with that one. I don't eat fast food, as I said before. Um, 
really hardly ever drink anything that would be classified as a soft drink. Occasionally I'll eat, I'll drink a, a high end root beer or whatever, but really, really pretty rare that I eat any kind of never eat fast foods, never eat that kind of crap. And so to me, this was the biggest challenge for me. This was the hard route. I recommend that you find something and it doesn't always have to be dietary, but find something that represents a comfort to you. That was the single most important takeaway that I got. And I'll share with you in the next step where <laughs> you have to be very, very, very aware of yourself. To me, this was a self-awareness drill. Mental toughness and self-awareness. And as far as I'm concerned, those are two extremely important things that as leaders we have to be dialed into. We have to develop uh, personal mental toughness and we also have to develop personal awareness of who we are and how we tick. I remember going through training as a military officer, as a naval officer, part of the, you know, we had to memorize and live by the leadership traits. One of the leadership traits that they taught us, 12 of them, was know yourself and seek self-improvement. Well, I know myself, and I know that I enjoy in drinking a beer, especially in the evening time or on a beautiful, spectacular afternoon, and just kind of kicking back. To me, it is a comfort it's something that I really love, and I, and, and I noticed it a few times. I'm going to talk about that here right now. In fact, let me just go to, to point two. Point two is to find meaning in it. You've got to find meaning in what it is you are undertaking. Now, for me, the meaning of getting rid of beer was exactly that. Alcohol represented to me a comfort. It wasn't a dependency. It definitely wasn't something I had to have in my life, meaning it wasn't something that, uh, you know, it wasn't like hanging out with my family or communicating with my friends. I wasn't going to exile myself on an island, uh, you know, to try to prove something for 30 days. It's never about proving anything. Well, let me say this. There's a part of it where you could probably prove something to yourself. You might prove how strong you are. You might prove how capable you are. You might prove how deep your well is or how, how strong your engine is, your inner engine. But what I find is if you find the true meaning behind the challenge before you undertake it, you at least have a foundation. You have a, you have a starting point. What's interesting is you also have to be seeking the meaning out in the challenge itself over that course of 30 days or even 15 or 20 days, however long you decide to do it. I know people that have done like juice fast. I did a juice fast once for like 22 days. I never tried to seek the meaning in it. I was just like, hey, I want to lose some weight and reset my, my digestive system. But you could do these things however you challenge yourself, whether it's five days, 10 days, 15 days, 30 days, a full year. It's entirely up to you. But the important point is that you have meaning behind it the why. You have to say, okay, what is it that's, that's here for me? For me, the big meaning was I knew that I was taking a major step towards accomplishing one of my top three priorities for this year. One of my priorities was to develop high-performance fitness, and this definitely lined up with that. Number three is you have to understand it doesn't really begin until it sucks. <laughs> now, very much along the lines of what I was talking about, about going the hard route. It doesn't, the challenge itself doesn't really begin until it starts to suck. So for instance, if you're in decent shape and you go for a run, you might be able to run a mile and a half or two miles before you really ever start getting winded. Those first mile and a half or two miles aren't really doing much for you other than getting you ramped up. It's when you start breathing hard. It's when you start being strained and stressed that you start to actually get the benefit of the workout, depending on where your fitness level is. For me, the first ah, maybe four or five days was nothing. I breezed right through it. 
you know, I was busy working on my business. I was busy, you know, taking care of the family and doing things. We had a lot going on, you know, in that first, you know, first couple of weeks of February. So those first few days, nothing, it, it, it was almost like it wasn't even on my radar. I wasn't even thinking about, oh, you know, I'm, I'm doing this 30-day challenge. Where it hit me was on the weekend. Now, this is interesting. It was like a Friday or a Saturday, and then especially on a Sunday. Literally, I think it was the day 15 or 16. I was right in the middle of it, and it was a Sunday afternoon. And, man, it hit me hard. I was like, whoa, I really crave a beer. And I had to stop and think about it. And I encourage you to do the same thing. If there's anything in your life that's just like this major compulsion, maybe it's something you don't want to do. Maybe it's something you do want to do. Maybe it's something that's not healthy. Maybe it is something that is healthy. Ask yourself the question, why is the draw, the pull, so strong? Now, for me, what I realized was Sunday evenings, well, Sunday, even Sunday afternoons and evenings, I like to prepare kind of a bigger meal for my family, more of a special meal, I guess, you know, you could think about that. And there's something about just sort of getting ready for a week. I'm really excited about the week. I love Monday mornings. And so to me, I enjoy drinking beer on Sundays. Now, football season, it's all, <laughs> forget about it. I love drinking beer during a football game. And so I realized that it's a behavioral thing. For me, it wasn't anything like a chemical dependency. It wasn't even a psychological thing as much as a behavioral thing, like a physical hand-to-the-mouth type of thing. And I found that to be very, very enlightening. Because what it told me is, hey, you've got to be aware of these things. It doesn't mean that every single Sunday you have to have you know, alcohol of any kind. You can, it's okay to pull away from it. And I realized, going back to what I was talking about a moment ago about finding the meaning behind it, we connect ourselves to our behaviors, to our habits, to our rituals. There's a part of us that connects our identity to what we do on a daily basis. If you have a habit of going to the gym, you probably identify as being somebody who's fit. If you have a habit of being very diligent in your business, you probably identify as a professional entrepreneur. And so there's a difference between a professional and a hobbyist. There's a difference between somebody who's kind of in shape, you know, a weekend warrior, and somebody who's a dedicated athlete. The important part is to know the, you know, find the meaning of it and to you know, understand where your personal identity is in relation to the thing that you're, that you're working with. And so I noticed that it doesn't, the challenge itself didn't really begin until it began to suck. So realize that. Push yourself to that point of discomfort. Push yourself to that point where it feels really awful if it has to. And this is true for if you're trying to up your fitness or if you're trying to increase the relationship. Sometimes you've got to get really raw and vulnerable if you're looking for more intimacy. It doesn't seem like that. You would think, oh, more intimacy just means, hey, we've got to make more love. We've got to you know, tell each other we love each other more. No. Sometimes being more intimate in any kind of relationship, even if it's just a friendship, a platonic friendship, means getting raw, pulling aside all the stuff that we put up as sort of a, a facade and allowing ourselves to pour 100% of our guts into that message, into that conversation, into that relationship. So it doesn't necessarily begin until it starts to really suck. That was a huge, huge takeaway for me. So think about that. And anything you're looking to improve in your life, you're going to have to go to a place of discomfort. You may have to go to a place of real pain. And I, I will be completely transparent. I have no problem owning this publicly. There was that time right dead smack in the middle of it. I thought, man, two more weeks of this, 
Like, it was the first time it really hit me, and it was on a Sunday. I'll never forget that. Sunday afternoon is around 4, 5, 4, 30, 5 o'clock in the afternoon, and I was kind of in that mode where I was starting to get ready to prepare the, the, the Sunday meal and just, you know, have some real downtime, some real quality time with the family, and I thought, man, I am craving a beer right now in a hard, hard way, and I started to almost rationalize to myself. It'd be okay. Hey, listen, you made it two weeks. It's better than most people, right? But I knew there was something bigger. I went back to what the meaning was, and I knew that I was taking the hard route, that I did that intentionally, and so I stuck with it. Next, you re- I recommend you track it. Whatever challenge you're under, whether it's, hey, I'm going to write a blog post a day or make a video a day or I'm going you know, to reach out and send a gratitude letter to, to people every single day. I'm going to do an act of kindness every single day. I'm going to you know, refuse to watch television. Whatever the thing is that you're working with, track it. I've got this little cheap, like, like literally, it costs like a buck, maybe not even a full dollar, but uh, you know this this little uh, notepad, and I just tracked. I made a little grid, a little uh, you know hand drawn calendar, and I was tracking two things. I was tracking my fitness, and I was tracking the days that I didn't drink beer, and I made little notes to myself in the column as to how I felt about it at the end of the week. And it's kind of cool to look back on it and see, hey, you know, I was pretty strong here. I started feeling kind of like, you know, I wanted it worse there. And it was cool to see. But when you track it, it grows. What you track, what you gauge expands. So if you're tracking your finances, you'll notice that if you pay close attention to it, you'll start to grow your, your, your wealth. You'll start to grow your income if you're focused on it, if you're tracking it, if you're, if you're watching where the money's going and where it's coming in from. If you're tracking your fitness. Now, it's funny. People say, hey, listen, if I track my waistline, does that mean it grows? <laughs> no, I'm not saying that. What I'm actually saying is you'll increase your fitness. You'll increase your health if you, if you track it. And I noticed that. Biggest thing, I did not lose a lot of weight. I thought two things were going to happen by me dropping uh, alcohol for 30 days. I thought, oh, I'm going to drop a bunch of weight and I'm going to sleep better because alcohol will actually disrupt deep sleep. What I found is I didn't really sleep that much better. You know, my, my sleep may have improved a little bit. I only lost about five pounds, maybe four, four and a half, five pounds. It really wasn't that much weight. But what happened was, is I did lose quite a bit of sludge. I got a lot leaner, packed on more muscle. I had more gusto, more go for it when I got in there and went after it, especially my hardcore, um, you know, my high intensity cardio workouts. So when you track things, you notice things like that. You see the value in it. You see the result before the result happens. And more importantly, you get that sense of accomplishment. You get that sense of ownership with it when you track it. The last thing I'll share with you, and I think this is deeply personal to each person as they go through it, is you have to be able to sort of pull away from it a little bit and see the bigger picture. It's not just about not drinking alcohol. Yeah, you might save some money by not drinking alcohol. You know, it could probably track all these things and notice it, but it's not really about that. It's about putting ourselves as leaders in a position where we push ourselves outside of a comfort zone that we've taken for granted. What's a couple of beers a night? Nobody cares. It's not going to affect my bottom line financially. It's not necessarily going to make me lose weight. I proved that. What it showed me is that I'm strong enough to take on something important. That's why I recommend going the hard route. That's why you have to find the meaning in it. And that's why it doesn't really begin until it begins to suck. So 
realize, kind of step away from it and see the bigger value in it. Understand that while you're in, you know, undertaking this challenge, there's far-reaching uh, implications other than just what you're doing. It's, in this case, not just about not drinking alcohol for 30 days. It's about psychologically proving something. It's about almost spiritually proving it to yourself. I'm not getting religious here because I'm not a religious person, but you know, it's, it's that sense deep down inside, man, I've got so much more in me. So much more strength, so much more quality, so much more value. And when you start to see that, it effervesces in everything you do. So I recommend doing this. I recommend giving yourself something to strive for, something challenging. Go, go the hard route. Find meaning in whatever you do. Realize that it doesn't really begin until it starts to suck. Track it, and more importantly, realize, see the bigger picture in it. And when you do, you'll start to feel the real sense of accomplishment behind it, and it'll be something you'll be proud of. My friends, this show is a wrap. It's my privilege to come at you here on the High Altitude Mentorship Show. Looking forward to doing it again next week. Get yourself over to flywithjt.com, download a complimentary copy of Flight Plan to Success, and remember, no matter what course you fly in life, fly high, fly fast, and fly far. We'll talk to you next week.